Thank you for joining us on the Salem Alliance Church Podcast. For more information about this podcast and other resources, please visit us at salemalliance.org. My name is Kari, and I'm honored to serve here on staff in C1, which means I get to pastor our kindergarten, first, and second grade kids. Now, my parents named me Kari Linnell, actually, because they thought it sounded musical, and they put an H in the middle of my name, so it's K-A-H-R-I, so people would say Kari and not Carrie, but what I get all the time, Carrie, and that's fine because it's nothing compared to what my last name used to be, which is Halbersma. And that was so fun that when we had like a substitute teacher at school taking the attendance, I would just wait for the long pause and raise my hand and be like, the next one's me. Without fail, that look of sheer gratitude every time was pretty endearing. Um, The worst pronunciation I ever got, though, was Kahari Halabarashima. And with that, it was as traumatic as it seems, and I just gave up and figured someday I hope I get married and can change my last name and my life will be so much easier. So five years ago, I married this guy named Matt Menarchik, and with that, I am forever stuck with a very difficult last name, and there's even a silent L after the M, but the thing is, Menarchik is actually the Czech equivalent of Miller. Like, we are so close and so far away all at the same time. And I'm going to tell you a true story today about a guy who also had a name change, but he just went from Saul to Paul, both of which have four letters and it even rhymes. So not that I'm bitter, but he had it pretty easy. And well, okay, he had it pretty easy in terms of his name, but the rest of his life was kind of crazy. There's, you know, the good kind of crazy and the crazy crazy, and he had it all. But he shows us what it means and what it looks like to trust God no matter what. So Saul was born about the same time as Jesus, but he hated Jesus and did terrible things to Christians until he had a God moment that you can read all about in Acts chapter 9. And after that amazing encounter with God, his name changed to Paul. Paul loved Jesus so much that he talked about him just about all the time. And because of the things he said about Jesus, it got him in trouble with a group of people called the Pharisees. Because he was in trouble with the Pharisees, he ended up having to go to jail as a prisoner. And because he was a prisoner with this kind of complicated court case, he needed to go see this big deal boss guy named Caesar. The thing is, Caesar lived far away in another city called Rome in Italy. Back then, they didn't have cars or airplanes or space shuttles to travel in. The only way Paul could get to Caesar was by sailing in a boat. So here's a picture of a ship that might have looked something like the one Paul was on. And on the count of three, I want you to guess how many people were sailing on that ship. One, two, three. Okay, if you guessed 276, you're right. This story is full of numbers and people's names and locations that verify the historical accuracy of this journey, and it's all found in Acts 27. Now, when it was time to set sail for Rome, there were three groups of people who boarded the ship. We had sailors who were there to sail the ship, prisoners, and soldiers whose job it was to guard the prisoners. So they all got settled and headed off towards their destination. 
But after a little while, they encountered some strong winds, which actually detoured them off course to a place called Fairhavens. And I think Fairhavens sounds like it belongs right off the Oregon coast next to Depot Bay where you can book an Airbnb. Like, sign me up for that. But it's not. It's actually off the Mediterranean Sea. And by the time they got to that point, the timing of the rest of their journey was getting bad. Think of the difference between taking your dog for a walk on a sunny afternoon day in broad daylight, like 1 p.m., versus walking your dog at 1 a.m. when it's dark, cold, and rainy. Like, that's just not good timing for it. And it wasn't good timing for the rest of their journey because winter was coming. In fact, Paul warned them in verse 10 by saying, Men, I believe there is trouble ahead if we go on. Shipwreck loss of cargo, and danger to our lives as well. But the officer in charge of the prisoners listened more to the ship's captain and the owner than to Paul. In my words, majority ruled, and they kept going towards another place to spend the winter. When a light wind began blowing from the south, the sailors thought they could make it, so they pulled up anchor and sailed close to the shore of Crete. But the weather changed abruptly, and a wind of typhoon strength called a nor'easter burst across the island and blew us out to sea. The sailors couldn't turn the ship into the wind, so they gave up and let it run before the gale. Think back to this story that Jocelyn just read about Mike and Mandy. Their guide told them, ooh, there's that rapid ahead that we do not want to go into because it's deadly. And that anxiety that comes when, indeed, there goes their raft right towards it. And I think that's some of the same anxiety Paul and his shipmates might have felt when they realized here comes this nor'easter storm like typhoon, like we don't want to be in this, this is deadly. But there they were. So I want to um, show you a pretty important part to understand about this. They were sailing in a ship somewhat like this. I'm sure it wasn't Lego brand. And the ship was great for sailing, but it couldn't go all of the places a smaller boat could go. So they had this little lifeboat, is what it was called, behind it. And you can think of like this being like a minivan where you can drive it on the highway or on the roads and park it in parking lots or a driveway. But if you throw a bike on the back, well, now you can ride on sidewalks and around parks and places the minivan can't go. So this kind of helped, um, you know, diversify their options. Now, the next day, as gale force winds continued to batter the ship, the crew began throwing the cargo overboard. And the following day, they even took some of the ship's gear and threw it overboard. The terrible storm raged for many days, blotting out the sun and stars until at last all hope was gone. And that whole blotting out the sun and stars, that's not just like it was stormy skies. That meant that they didn't have access to their navigational grid anymore. So they were lost in the middle of this really dangerous, scary storm. And in my imagination, Paul is probably somewhere on that ship, like holding on for dear life. He's cold and wet and physically miserable and still a prisoner. Like that just sounds awful. And he might have been saying, God, like, you're supposed to be on the move. And if that were me, I would be saying, God, if you're on the move, what's this? Like, I would like you to move me into calm waters again or somewhere that's not as scary as this. 
But the reality is God is on the move with Paul. He's moving with him. Like when that ship tilts right, God's peaceful presence is there with him. And when the waves crash the ship towards the left, God's peaceful presence is there with him. And in fact, there's nowhere that that storm could have taken the ship where God's peaceful presence didn't go as well. Uh, Paul wrote in his own words here in Romans 8, 39, no power in the sky above or in the earth below. Indeed, nothing at all creation will ever be able to separate us from the love of God that is revealed in Christ Jesus, our Lord. Several years ago, Matt, my husband and I were driving in a pretty remote part of California. There were no homes around, so there weren't house lights, there weren't street lights, there weren't city lights, there, there were barely any like stars or moon to provide light. And it was just very dark. I remember being so thankful for the headlights on our car that provided comfort and guidance and safety to us as we traveled down that road. Now, just how headlights are built into a car, they go everywhere the car goes, whether day or night, so is God's presence. When we choose to follow Jesus, his spirit is built into us. And his comforting, guiding, safe presence goes with us. And there's nothing that can detach or separate or uninstall God's peaceful presence and love from his children. Now, when I talk about peaceful presence, I want you to know that even in the midst of this crazy storm where Paul's like not even sitting still on water, like it's just awful, God's peaceful presence is there. But God's peaceful presence can also be in a situation that actually feels calm and peaceful and serene and still and quiet, kind of like the mannequin challenge. It's your boy, Bro Montana, and we have another set of weekly challenges. Last week, we asked you to make like an otter pop and freeze for the mannequin challenge, and we compiled all that sick footage and put it into this sweet montage. Check it out. Nice! Don't move! Whoa! That was insane! Every week we are randomly selecting one of our contestants who send in their clip to win 90 fruit snacks. And this week it's Instagram username idonneth05. Great job in sending in your video and maybe next time use your real name so we don't have this weird awkward predicament. This week we're doing the cheese slap challenge. What is that? Check it out. Not today, Brian Montana. <laughs> 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 
It smells like cheese. <laughs> You ready? Great. You sure? Yeah. We want to do this. Yeah. Yeah. We want to do this. Okay. Yeah. That's right. We're asking you to take cheese or ham or some weird food substance and stick it to unsuspecting people's faces. Don't hate me, parents. So, who should you try to throw ham at? How about your grandma, your grandpa, your little brother, your dog, your cat? I don't know, somebody napping. Take the cheese and make it stick to their forehead. So how do you send us your footage? Well, numero one, you're gonna pull out your phone, you're gonna turn it sideways, and you're gonna hit record. Really, turn it sideways. It's not that hard. Number dose. What we need you to do is send that footage to 503-409-8714, or send us an Instagram message at, at Salem Alliance. And remember to add your real name. And number. Trace. Join us next week when we put all this insane footage all together to make it even further off the hook. Well, the sun's out and I'm out. I'm a bro it and now you know it. Peace. <laughs> I think it's too bad that Paul and his shipmates never got to experience the texture and the smell of American cheese. Maybe someday in heaven. Who knows? But even if they did have cheese on board, no one was eating it because we pick up in verse 21 that no one had eaten for a long time. Finally, Paul called the crew together and said, men, you should have listened to me in the first place and not left Crete. You would have avoided all this damage and loss, which is big code for I told you so. But take courage. None of you will lose your lives, even though the ship will go down. For last night, an angel of the God to whom I belong and whom I serve stood before me. And he said, don't be afraid, Paul, for you will surely stand trial before Caesar. What's more, God in his goodness has granted safety to everyone sailing with you. So read it with me. Take courage. For I believe God, it will be just as he said. But we will be shipwrecked on an island. So there you have it. No spoiler alert. You just write it right here. We know that they are going to shipwreck and everyone's going to survive. And at this point, Paul has a choice. He can trust God or he cannot trust God. And we see by his words Take courage. I believe God. It will be just as he said that he does choose to trust God. He knows how it's going to end up, but he doesn't know how it will go down between here and there. When I was young, every summer, my family of six would drive 22 hours one way from Virginia to Minnesota. And at the beginning of that trip, we knew we were headed for Clarissa, Minnesota, population like 608 people on the sign. But it was before the days of Google Maps, and so without live traffic updates, we didn't quite know what would happen between here and there. And because of that, we ran into lots of delays and construction and other like interesting things you might as well otherwise avoid. I think we're obsessed with knowing what's going to happen, how is it going to happen, 
Why is it happening and how I can control everything about it? Like, is this just me? (laughs) Welcome to the inside of my head on a daily basis. And God could have designed life to where we know with certainty the earth spins at whatever speed Brandon told us about last week. The sun rises and sets every day. And we know the why behind everything with crystal clarity. And I think if that was the case, it would be easy to trust God because we understand it. But in this life where we only know the bits and pieces and we speculate about the rest, God invites us to surrender that what, how, why, control, and simply trust him. Um, Another one of those built-in features of Holy Spirit is the ability to walk by faith and not by sight or our own understanding. Now, as Paul walks, or I guess if we're being literal here, he's probably sailing by faith. The posture of his heart reflects an old hymn that says, "'Tis so sweet to trust in Jesus, just to take him at his word, to rest upon his promise, and know, thus saith the Lord." So Paul's perspective here is take courage. I believe God, and it's going to be just as he said. Now in verse 27, we read about midnight on the 14th night of the storm. That means we are two weeks into this storm. As we were being driven across the sea of Adria, the sailors sensed land was near. They dropped a weighted line and found the water was 120 feet deep. But a little while later, they measured again and found it was only 90 feet deep, which means it's getting shallower. At this rate, they were afraid we would be soon driven against the rocks along the shore. So they threw out four anchors from the back of the ship and prayed for daylight. Now, the next part of this story should really be subtitled like the the sailor's sneaky plan. So read along with me. Then the sailors tried to abandon the ship. They lowered the lifeboat as though they were going to put out the anchors from the front of the ship. But Paul said to the commanding officer and soldiers, you will all die unless the sailors stay aboard. So the soldiers cut the ropes to the lifeboat and let it drift away. There's three groups of people on the ship. Remember, we have the sailors, the prisoners, and the soldiers. And if the sailors bail via the lifeboat, it leaves the prisoners and soldiers, and they don't know how to sail a ship, so they're not going to survive. And obviously, things would not turn out the way God said they would. So just can you imagine the drama going on right now? Like, those sailors must have been so mad at the soldiers. And they're all still stuck on a ship together. Verse 33, just as day was dawning, Paul urged everyone to eat. You have been so worried that you haven't touched food for two weeks, he said. Please eat something now for your own good, for not a hair of your heads will perish. Then he took some bread, gave thanks to God before them all, and broke off a piece and ate it. Then everyone was encouraged and began to eat, all 276 of us who were on board. After eating, the crew lightened the ship further by throwing the cargo of wheat overboard. When morning dawned, they didn't recognize the coastline, but they saw a bay with a beach and wondered if they could get to shore by running the ship aground. So they tried to do that, but they hit a shoal, which I googled, and it's a sandbar. So at this point, lifeboat's gone. They hit this sandbar, and because the sandbar was far enough still out in the sea, the waves started hitting it, and the ship just started, like, coming apart. And the waves hit it and hit it and hit it, 
And what do you know? That ship fell apart. In fact, the response we know from Saul, Paul, who used to be Saul, so he technically still is, but Paul's response was, I trust God no matter what. And then we heard the sailors saying, I don't trust God and I'd rather have my backup plan here, like get me on that lifeboat and out. And that didn't work out. And now the soldiers, listen to what happens here. The soldiers wanted to kill the prisoners to make sure that they didn't swim ashore and escape. But the commanding officer wanted to spare Paul. So he didn't let them carry out their plan. Then he ordered all who could swim to jump overboard first and make for land. The others held onto planks or debris from the broken ship, and everyone escaped safely to shore. Did you catch that? There's no more cargo or food or other ship equipment things. And the ship's breaking apart. People who could swim jumped off and swam, and everyone else is like, okay, great, now we die because we can't swim. But it was, in fact, these very broken pieces of the ship that were made of wood, not Legos, that people were able to use to float to safety. Now, a side note, you should definitely keep reading this story into Acts 28 because there's just more God moments to be had, and one of them even has something to do with a poisonous snake. But the thing is, God is trustworthy. He was on the move that whole time, protecting, guiding, keeping them safe, and he did that whether they were in calm waters or stormy seas, even when the sailors and soldiers tried to do things another way. Guys, God is trustworthy. He is a professional. He's an expert at coming through on his promises. So we can trust him. I believe that some of you might have recently had an encounter with God in which you know that you know that God spoke to you. And it lines up with the truth of his word. Would you consider telling that to someone or writing it down as an act of faith and trust in what God said? And I also want to challenge you with this other thought. Sometimes that lifeboat is a really responsible or helpful thing to have. And other times I wonder if it becomes some sort of backup plan, uh, like just in case God doesn't come through sort of thing. Is it time to let that go? What is it? Do, can you let it go or do you need someone else to help snip, snip? Would you let that go and just go all in on trusting Jesus? If that's you, I bless you with the courage to be able to release control and to walk by faith, not by sight. For those of you who don't feel like you're hearing from Jesus and you're not tracking with this and you're like, I don't even know if I trust God, I really encourage you to get into his word because he has already written out so many promises for his people. Think about it. The same God who said, Moses, I'm going to rescue my people. David, you will be king. Mary, you're going to give birth to the Messiah. Disciples, I will rise again. And Paul, you're going to shipwreck, but everyone will be safe. That is the same God who we worship and spend time with today. And he has tons to say to you. In fact, a lot of it is already written out, even translated into English, Spanish, French, hundreds of languages, and accessible to us today in ways that are of historic proportions. We even have a simple tool for you because, let's face it, sometimes you're like, I want to read God's word, but 
there's a lot in here. Where do I start? Our soapy tool simplifies it to help you read God's word and apply it to your life. And the verses this week are all about trusting God's promise and character. God is on the move, even in the midst of the reality of your current situation. And whether you're experiencing that calm water, stormy weather, or an all-out shipwreck, what's your response? Are you willing to trust him? Because he is trustworthy. So will you be like Paul and say, yep, I trust you, God, no matter what. Thank you for joining us on the Salem Alliance Church Podcast. We are a community of believers located in downtown Salem, Oregon, and we are passionate about our city being a city at peace with God. If you have a request that we could pray for, please email us at prayers at salemalliance.org. If you'd like more information about this podcast or other resources, please visit us at salemalliance.org.